Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. DJ Irving is a former two-year captain at Boston University, and he comes to Coral Gables from Roman Catholic High School in Philadelphia and is now a part of Jim Laranega's coaching staff for the University of Miami basketball team. And DJ Irving is with us right now. DJ, congratulations on becoming the newest member of the University of Miami basketball staff. It has to be very exciting for you. Yes, Joe, very exciting, very exciting. It's like a, a dream come true for me. Um, being here in Coral Gables, getting the opportunity to learn and uh, coach with Coach Laranega. I couldn't ask for anything better. Coach L and his staff have done a, a nice job of recruiting the Philadelphia area. Jaquan Newton, Lonnie Walker, Davon Reed, kind of from that area as well. How did this all come about with you going uh, coming from Philadelphia to, to join the University of Miami staff? Take us through the process. Um, so I, I knew Coach uh, Bill Courtney for a while. I knew him back from my Boston days. Um, actually, Coach Laranega and Coach Caputo recruited me when I was in high school to go to George Mason. So I kind of had, I was familiar with those guys a little bit. Um, and we just kept in contact throughout the years. And um, the opportunity came about when coach Fisher left. Um, I actually have a really good relationship with coach, coach Fisher. Um, he kind of helped me out throughout, throughout this process as well. And um, they reached out to me, said, said they had an opening and they, they were interested in me. And then me and coach L spoke about 20 times over the phone. He was asking me questions, picking my brain, kind of, put me through that interview process and then last week I believe or the week before um he offered me the job um I was ecstatic man I, I knew it was something that I've been waiting for my entire life um something that I've been working towards and the opportunity is here and I'm just ready to ready to uh, ready to go you know everybody on coach L's staff I think has a unique perspective or bring something maybe a little bit different what what are some of the things that you're going to bring to the University of Miami some of the things that you are looking forward to passing on to the players um just to, just just to just to relate to these guys um me being a player not too long ago you know I'm I'm 29 so I just kind of finished playing basketball myself um just to to relate to the guys being someone they they can look up to as a mentor somebody they can come and talk to about anything um obviously I'm I'm one of the things that I'm best at is player development. So just getting on the court with these guys, getting those guys better, um, allowing them and teaching them how to see the game in different ways. Um, and I'm just excited for that part. 
You know, you mentioned the player development, and that is something that Coach L and his staff take a lot of pride in with their program, being a developmental program. How important do you think that was to, to bring you to the University of Miami? I think it was very important. Like I said, I think uh, relating to the players, being that mentor off the court, me being uh, kind of close in age with these guys, being able to speak that same language, um, is very important. And again, like you said, on the court, I think I, I can bring something. I played the point guard position. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you think about guys like uh, Isaiah Wong and then who we just got, Charlie Moore, those type of guys, me being able to help those guys see the game a little bit differently, um, help them uh, get better, reach the next level, I think is uh, something that why Coach L brought me here. Somehow I excluded Isaiah from the group that has come from Philadelphia, but um, maybe he returns to the University of Miami. Wish him the, the best of luck as he pursues uh, perhaps the NBA, but hopefully he comes back to the University of Miami. What, um, why, do you think Philadelphia, uh, why do you think Philadelphia takes so much pride in its basketball, and why does it produce so many good players? Um, I think it's just the toughness about the area. A lot of, a lot, a lot of kids from Philly – grow up playing street ball they play outside they go outside and play on the court and when you know if you if you're outside playing and you and you and you fall you're probably gonna get a scrape on your knee but you got to get back up or, or those guys are going to get on you so I think it, it just breeds toughness it's a, it's a different type of basketball down there or up there I should say um yeah and I, I that's something that's somewhere I grew up playing and it, it just breeds a, a different type of toughness and, and just skill level yeah it's funny because I think uh you know down here we, we relate our high school athletics so much to football, but I would say I'd probably explain to our audience that high school basketball in Philadelphia is taken as seriously as high school football is down here. Yeah, it is. It is. So I came from Roman Catholic, played in the Philadelphia Catholic League, um, and it's probably, I would say, it's one of the best leagues in the country, honestly. We play our final four at the uh, Palestra where UPenn plays, the historical gym, the Palestra, and it's packed. Um, it's like 10,000 fans. I actually saw a stat maybe two years ago where they ranked the attendance for every conference, all the conference championships in college, and the attendance for a Final Four Philadelphia Catholic League game was like in the top 10. Um, so it's, it's a different type of atmosphere. I was just actually talking to um, Isaiah about that the other day because – I was on Roman staff when he's his senior year at Bonner, and he actually had a game-winning shot at his home gym um, against us. Against us, it was a mid mid-range bank shot, but I, I kind of teased him a little bit and let him know, even though he hit that shot and they won that game, they didn't make it to the palestra. They didn't make it to the Final Four. So I was getting on him about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> D.J. Irving, University of Miami assistant basketball coach, is our guest. How about the opportunity now to work with Coach Larinaga? Perhaps you've talked to him in the past a lot about recruiting and looking at players now, being a part of his staff. And uh, Coach Ells had a great amount of success during his career, very wise with his basketball knowledge. How much are you looking forward to being uh, being able to work with Coach L now as, as a member of his staff? Yeah, man. Honestly, Joe, that's the, that's the thing I'm excited about the most. Uh, coach Larnega is a Hall of Fame coach in the making. Um, and for me to be able to sit down and hear his stories and just learn from him every day is truly, truly an opportunity of a lifetime. Um, so I'm just going to carry my notebook around, take as many notes as possible, learn from him. Also, uh, Coach Caputo, Coach Courtney, those guys are high-level coaches as well. Those guys can run their – they get opportunities to run their programs 
uh, every spring and summer, I'm sure. Um, and just to learn from this entire staff, man, is, is what I'm looking forward to the most um, uh, with this entire process. I would imagine right now you got to hit the ground running, right? Because uh, we have a certain amount of chaos in college basketball. And so putting together a roster right now is going to be the biggest challenge, not only at the University of Miami, but everywhere. So how much of your focus at this point is dedicated to recruiting and, and helping out this upcoming roster? Um, so the coaches have been doing a great job getting transfers in. They got uh, Jordan Miller and Charlie Moore um, looking to get maybe one more. Um, but my main focus, is, like you said, is just recruiting. Um more so for that 2022 class uh, for next season. But I think the, the roster that we have coming in right now is, is looking really good right now. We just got to get guys healthy. Um, just got to get guys 100% healthy back in the gym and, and get back getting better, working on our games. But I think right now the coaching staff has done a, a really good job kind of regrouping and finding pieces that can help us win games next year. Do you think it's going to be, or what do you think it's going to be like now? I know it's going to be your first year in, in, in a recruiting coaching role but now for for college coaches not only do you recruit high school players and you know aau players but now you gotta recruit a portal as well yeah i think that's that's the that's the big difference with college coaching i mean for me I'm, I'm 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 new to this this is my first year so um it won't be new to me you know what i mean every everything that i'm coming into is is all is all new to me, so it's not like a big change for me. Um, it's just a matter of me j- just getting adjusted, and like I said, just learning from the coaches. Um, I'm going to ask a, a ton of questions. They might get annoyed by me after a week, but I just want to learn as much as much as I can about this business. Um, and again, the relationships that I have throughout the country, not just in Philly, but throughout the country, is will help me as I go along. So uh, it's not it's something that I'm not too worried about, but it's, again, I'm just eager to learn more and more about it as I go. You know, I want to pick up on that for a moment, your relationships. It's interesting because th- this is the week of the NFL draft, right? So they always say uh, if there's a college coach on an NFL staff, he'll have an advantage for a while because he'll know all the college players. You've been at that high school slash AAU level. Do you think you have any advantage with some of your connections or the fact that you've seen a lot of these kids uh, on the AAU circuit or the high school or playing in high school foot, uh, high school basketball? Yeah, I do. I do. Like I said, I've been around high school players for the last three years. AAU scene, the high school scene, and I, I'm someone who builds genuine relationships like a lot of these a lot of these kids are are my or my kids uh in a sense guys that come to me about not just basketball but about life situations so i think i do have an advantage in that part and i think that's what gives me my confidence coming into this business is the fact that i have these relationships with these players their families their the au coaches and all those things DJ Irving, University of Miami, new assistant basketball coach, is our guest. Great time to come into the league because I think uh, the ACC is probably going to stack it up pretty good again this year with the amount of talent. So you know every game comes right down to the wire. How much are you looking forward to uh, coaching inside the ACC? Man, I'm excited. One, one thing about me, man, I'm, I'm a competitor. I love to compete. Um, I just I still have that, that itch like I, like I was as a player. I just like to compete. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to go against the best in the country. You know what I mean? ACC is the best league in the country. I'm excited to see, to scout these, these uh, Dukes and Carolinas and Clemsons and all those teams. 
Um, I'm just I'm just excited for the entire ride, man. Like I said, I'm 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 ready to learn from coaches. Um, I, I can't wait to 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 start the uh, ACC season and, and just see what it's like and get a feel for it. But again, um, I like to win. I like to win. I know Coach L's like Coach L likes to win. So I'm, I'm here to help the team win in any way I can, and just to compete at a high level every night. Well, you mentioned a couple of those new new pieces, uh, Jordan Miller and Charlie Moore. Uh, those guys can score. I haven't seen them play, but they, those guys can score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can. They can. I, I watched a little bit of film on um, on um, on Miller, and uh, I watched a, a little bit more film on Charlie Moore, just because he, uh, that's kind of who I'm be working with a little bit more closely because he's a point guard. But he's good, man. Charlie Moore, he plays with a, a, an elite pace to his game. Um, he has a really good feel for the game. He, he sees he sees plays before they happen. I think he's going to be a, a, a really really important piece to this team coming up. Um, and so I'm excited to work with him. I'm, I'm excited to work with all these guys. Honestly, um, it's a different level. It's a different level than what I'm used to. So I'm just excited to get in the gym, and again learn as much as I can and just give what I can to these kids as uh, while I'm here. DJ Irving, thank you for being our guest. We look forward to seeing you this year during the basketball season. Congratulations on the job at the University of Miami. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. The NFL Draft is coming up on Thursday, and the University of Miami will have several players Involved in the draft, we'll have several players perhaps going in the first round. So, Joe Zagacki, Don Bailey Jr., this will be our draft analysis of the University of Miami. Maybe we'll take a peek at what the Dolphins will do as well, since uh, probably the guys that have seen all these players in the draft, most of these players up close and personal, Don, are you and me, especially the University of Miami guys. Uh, but maybe we'll dive into some of the other players in the draft as well. Um, Let's start with a guy that has blown everybody away, and that was Jalen Phillips at his his uh, pro day. Now, uh, as we get closer to the draft, you know, the NFL guys start nitpicking, and probably the only nitpick on Jalen Phillips is his past injury concerns. But a lot of guys think Jalen Phillips is the best pass rusher in this draft. You know, Joe, I, I would not argue that. I really wouldn't, and I I think because you and I have an up-close and personal look at him at practice, I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. All, all the all the sacks and the quarterback pressures and the broken-up passes and, and, and everything that he did to create havoc as a defensive end, everybody saw in America. But we saw him when nobody was watching, and every single rep, every single day, every single drill – Every single second, that young man put forth every ounce of effort that he had in his body. And that is something that – and you combine that with great 40 times, great shuttle times, great great um, broad jumps. Everything lined up for him on the testing side. You look at the production on the field, and then you look at when no one's watching. I can see why he's an attraction. He's going to come into camp right away. He's going to make your practices better. 
He's going to come into camp and set the tempo. He's going to be a leader from day one. I don't, he's, he's not going to be intimidated. There's not anything that he's worried now. I, I, I do believe he can refine his, his skills, his pass rushing skills. I think he can pick up a couple of other moves. But he's going to, he's going to be a leader on a football team as a rookie. And, and then when you go back to look at what happened at UCLA and he had concussion issues, I would be concerned with that. I mean, you're 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 basically investing in in someone that has had a concern of a concussion concussions in the past, and you're going to get concussions in the National Football League. So you better the doctors better make sure that they have looked into that, and you know that they have. But you throw that element out of the deal, which is a big part of the deal, by the way. But this guy, to me, is a bona fide number one pick. I think the one thing that some guys struggle with going from college to the NFL, which is overlooked, is professionalism. When they go from college to the NFL, they don't realize, oh, this is my job. Jalen Phillips does recognize that. I think that's the way he approached it last year at the University of Miami. Greg Rousseau, I think, is probably understanding that because he took the year off and all he's been doing has been getting ready for the draft. Rousseau, a lot of people had him in the first round. Now as we get closer, perhaps maybe not. I still think he's going to make it into the first round. A lot of his measurables are so good that somebody's willing to roll the dice uh, in a later first-round pick. I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see him play uh, this year. You know, it was a personal decision to to bypass this this year for him. And he would have truly benefited uh, by being on the same field as Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. Having those three guys there, I think he would have had a a rested group of outstanding pass rushers. But you're looking at Jalen, at Rousseau, and the way I see it is it's all about projections. You love the height. You love the wingspan. His test scores were good. They were not great. They were not off the charts. You still have a, a, a younger guy that's in his tw- that's 20 that hasn't developed in the weight room. There's not that, that man maturity that uh, Phillips has. And I think that that has hurt him a little bit, but he had a, an unbelievable 2019. You know, he had injury in 18, sat out 20. And there's some there's some question marks about him. But the one thing that's not questioned is his height and his weight and at least what he projected. But I think that um, if he does fall to the second round, I would I would blame that solely on the fact that they don't have enough game film on him because everybody talks about 19. Joe, he started seven games. It wasn't like he started all 13. He started seven. So he got a lot of production out of those seven, but he has not gone a full season stem to stern in his college career. You know, it's funny about Rousseau also. uh, The University of Miami, Manny Diaz and his staff did a really good job of scheming up Rousseau by moving him inside, right, in some of those third down situations where he feasted on some uh, guards and centers that are nowhere near NFL level. And I think the NFL scouts have also looked at that and said, well, you know, we, we could maybe kick him inside, but the competition level is going to be far different. He's not an inside guy on a full-time basis. He, to me, he's, too, he's, he's perfect on a third down or, or long yardage situation. But to, to make a living inside, he, I, I think his height really starts working uh, against him if you're not – lined up in certain personnel groups. 
So I, I think that that's, that's an option for him. It worked, certainly worked right, as you mentioned, when he was at Miami. But as, as far as a day-in, day-out inside guy, um, he, he just seems a little bit too tall to play inside like that. You know, the NFL also likes guys that are already developed. Uh, there used to be a time where, okay, you can bring a guy into camp and we can de- de- develop them. Now, especially in the first two rounds, you better be ready to play. Now, Quincy Roche is probably not a first or second rounder, but Roche does have a variety of moves uh, getting to the quarterback and is a really strong individual. And I think he's becoming an intriguing selection for NFL teams? Well, he may not be a first or second rounder, but he's certainly a third down guy. I th- and I think that he can play up. He can put his hand in the dirt. He's been productive his entire career. He was a productive he was a defensive player of the year when he was at Temple for the AAC, came into Miami and, and did everything he was asked to do and quietly really had an outstanding season. Uh, I, I think he is a guy that will find a home in the National Football League. He can help you on every special team day one. He's going to help you on third down. I think there's a, a good chance that he can play up. Uh, he can play, put his hand on the ground. He's got he's got some refined pass rushing skills that work well. And he, he just be, he's around the ball. He's not a disruptor in the sense that you saw Jalen Phillips and then Rousseau, if you go back a couple years ago. But he's certainly athletic enough and has enough size. And the thing that I like is he's been in football uh, five years in college, and he's he's mature. Brevin Jordan ended 2020 as Miami's second leading receiver. He scored seven touchdowns for the University of Miami. Uh, Pro Football Focus said that Jordan was the tight end with the most yards after a catch this year in college football. We, we know that he can do something special after he catches the football. We know that you can line him up in the slot. One of his greatest catches at the University of Miami, he was lined up in the slot against Florida State for the game-winning touchdown. Uh, things that perhaps work against Jordan is he had some injury issues, his height, and also he's young. He's 20 years old, so some would look at it as his best football is in front of him, but he's also only 20 years old. I think he's a really bright kid, energetic. I think he's a great teammate. I think he's going to make the NFL. It'll be fun to see where he goes, but I think what went under the radar is he's a young kid. He's 20 years old. He's very young, and that means that he's still not physically developed, uh, you know, strength-wise. You know, can you can you put him down? Put him down in a stance attach him to the line of scrimmage on third down and knock somebody off the football. I mentally and physically, he will try. He's a great, great effort guy, but does that mean he's going to be capable enough uh, and strong enough at 20, 21 years old to do that? So there's some question on that. Can you bring him into being an inline tight end or do you have to flex him out? I think there's, there's a higher ceiling there um, that some people may not realize he's going to be impacted. As you mentioned, he's probably really a six foot two guy, but he's an energy guy. The thing that would concern me though, overall is that uh, he played 18 games the last two years, played eight games last year, played 10 games the year before out of 26. 
So he's really missed about a third of his football games in two years. So you're going to have a durability issue. When you're in the National Football League, you've got your, your 16, 17, uh, 18, 9, depends what, what it is. You're, you're responsible for, to play a lot of football in one season. He's going to be asked to play more than he played his entire college career. Do I think he makes it in the National Football League? I do. Uh, if you're drafting him, the things to like are his energy level, his tenaciousness where he's going to come after you for the full 60 minutes. Uh, you like the fact also that he catches the football and he can run after the catch. The same thing that concerns you is how many games you're going to get out of him. Uh, what's the height issue? When is he going to be strong enough to, to be really help you in the run game and not be a, a tweener where he's he's a big wide receiver or a small tight end? But I like his athletic ability. We saw why he was the you know one of the, probably the number one. I think it was number one or number two tight end in America coming out of high school. And we're Miami's going to miss him. I think Miami's going to miss you know everybody we've talked about. They're going to miss. I don't know if Jose Borgales gets drafted because just because he is a kicker, but he is 23 years old, so he does have maturity like Roche. Roche's also 23 years old. Borgales made 20 of 22 field goals this year, kicks with a lot of confidence, perfect on his extra points now. The extra point in the NFL is different than college football, but nonetheless, uh, he's going to get a chance. Somebody in the NFL is going to give him an opportunity. I believe he makes it in the National Football League. I have no idea where he's going to go, but I look at Borgalis as a weapon. He was a weapon for University of Miami. He, he turned that position from a liability into an asset. He won football games for Miami. He tied a, a school record at 57 yards uh, against the, the Louisville game. So he's got all the leg that you want. I like the fact that he's 23. He's, he's powerful. He's confident. And he's had success all through college. You know, made the change from FIU to UM, went up a division, and it didn't affect him at all. And, uh, you know, the, the leg strength – with accuracy, a 57-yard field goal is something that doesn't come along very often. And I think that he would have he would have said he was he'd have been good from 65. He's just that kind of confident kid. But you know, since we're we're talking about the the University of Miami, a, a thing that really hit me between the eyes is Borregales is the first All-American, the first first-team All-American since 2004. <laughs> For the University of Miami. I mean, let that sink in a minute. Miami's not won as many football games as people want them to win, you and I included. What's the problem? Well, Antrell Roll was the last first-team All-American in 2004 for Miami. The next guy is 2020, 16 years later, and he's a kicker. That's a, that's a long stretch not to have a first-team All-American. No question. The Dolphins, uh, before we get out of here on our segment, looking at the draft, the Dolphins have number six and number 18 in the draft. I think uh, people are making this very complicated. Uh, at number six, they're looking at Jamar Chase, who we saw at LSU. He And when we saw him against the University of Miami, he was just starting, but he's got enormous hands. He's a big physical wide receiver would look really good with Fuller and Devontae Parker. They've got Devontae Smith. We saw him in the championship game down here just run crazy over Ohio State. We saw Kyle Pitts at Florida. I think if you go for Pitts at tight end, 
if you're the Dolphins, you, you have to make sure that you're signing up Gasecki on the other side to a long-term deal. I mean, that, to me, that's the marriage, Pitts and, and Gasecki, if you're the Dolphins. But at number six, and of course they have an offensive lineman they could choose also, uh, but uh, at number six, to me, you got to go for one of these playmakers. I don't disagree with that, Joe. Uh, you know, when you when you look at this, I think Pitts Pitts is almost a, a tweener. You know, he's so explosive at the tight end position that it, it, it gives you almost the same effect in a bigger body as a, as a wide receiver. The key is is what do the Falcons do? You know, the Falcons to me are the team that's gonna gonna hold somebody hostage. Everybody thinks that the Bengals are are looking at the offensive tackle. Uh, from Oregon to protect their 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 boy wonder at quarterback, and I certainly understand that. Uh, like you mentioned, Jamar Chase, there's nothing not to like. He's got the speed, he's got the size, he had the productivity. He didn't play last year. I mean, that, that as I've mentioned before, that kind of bothers me. But you know, Waddle is another guy that uh, is an is Alabama Southeastern Conference, and he, he's somebody that certainly. Uh, has been productive in their college career, ran some pro-style type offenses, played with very good quarterbacks and played on very good teams. But it's going to be interesting what the Miami Dolphins do. That's a, That number six pick, you're really at the mercy of the quarterback class. And if, the, if everybody starts taking quarterbacks, what you really need is four quarterbacks to go before, yeah. before Miami and then hopefully – uh, before Miami picks, and then hopefully you can get uh, that you can get the Kyle Pitts or any of those receivers. I still think at some point, um, late first, uh, second round, uh, you want to help you want to help your quarterback get the best running back in that draft. And we saw ETM as well from from Clemson, and I like that guy, and I also like the big back from from uh, from uh, Alabama. I like the way that he looks and the way he runs. That's my style. That Najee Harris kid. I might be missing on this. Probably the three best backs are Harris, uh, Etienne, and Javante Williams in North Carolina. But I'm going to tie what you just said. The Dolphins' number 18, uh, the 18th pick in the first round. I'm going to tie that selection into the University of Miami playing Alabama. And here, if I'm a general, if I'm the Dolphins' general manager, I'm taking Nigel Harris, the running back at Alabama. And here's why. First of all, they need a running back. Secondly, he is a tone setter with his physicality, and that would apply to that position at Alabama. So to extend that thought, when the University of Miami plays Alabama, they better be ready for a tone setter at running back because all the running backs at Alabama share one trait. They lower the shoulder and they bludgeon whoever is in front of them. And Nigel Harris would do that for the Dolphins and the four guys Alabama has there right now. You better be better be prepared because that's the way they play. Their running backs bring a physicality to the game and to their franchise. Well, Coach Saban has done a nice job of sticking to his, his own rule, and that's making sure they fit this per, the size and speed category and, and the style that they run. And I would not be upset if Miami took that uh, Najee Harris as well in, in their later pick in the first round because it will also help your defense. You know, everybody projected, well, Miami's going to go defense in that second in that second pick in the first round at 18 if that's where it stands. But another way to help your defense is to get a great running game. Another way to help your quarterback 
is to have a great running game. So you almost can get a two for one out of that. And I know it's not popular right now for running backs to go in the first round. Um, I think 18 is, a, is, is late enough in the first round. Um, unless somebody falls that is just an outstanding football player, I, I wouldn't be disappointed in that. Well, we'll see what kind of general managers we make when the Dolphins make their selections on Thursday. Hurricane single game tickets are available, by the way, as are season tickets. Single game tickets available for uh, Hard Rock Stadium, games that include Virginia and North Carolina State and Michigan State at Hard Rock, as well as season tickets at 1-800-GO-KINGS. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. We are very pleased to have with us right now former University of Miami defensive end Greg Rousseau. I think one of the nicest kids I've met at the University of Miami. And Greg, expected to be a high draft choice. Greg, thanks for being on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Man, we missed you last year. Did you miss watching your teammates? Did you miss playing? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I watched them every single game for sure, but I definitely miss playing. Like Just uh, just training the whole year was definitely different from being on the field with my guys. It was, it was tough. Yeah. What, what were the positives of uh, just training for the draft, and what were the negatives? Uh, I'd say the positives were really just me, like, uh, being able to just work on certain things, you know, like, just really just focus on my techniques and stuff like that. But I'd say the the, the negatives was, was just missing the sport, you know, because, like, those are my brothers at the end of the day. Like, I, I miss the coach, and I miss the Canes fam in general. So that was tough. That was real tough. Just, But I always supported from the, the background. I was always watching uh, from my TV at home and rooting them on. What did you think about going through the experience of Pro Day? I thought you crushed it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I feel like I could have done better. But, but you know, I feel like I had a solid day. I definitely went out there and competed. It was great to be out there with Jalen, uh, Jalen, Quincy, Jose, Brevin, Chagose. It was awesome. It was a great experience. Like, I, I, I'm really blessed to have had the opportunity to share a field with them one last time. What kind of feedback have you been receiving? I, I would imagine you're getting some feedback. If, if you can share it, what has the feedback been like from the NFL? Um, oh, they think I did solid. They think I did solid. They just said I just got to keep on working, you know, just keep on getting better. That's what I'm going to do. I've been, I've been working for my whole life, so I'm not going to stop now, you know? I think one of the things that you have demonstrated to the, to the scouts and not only – with the way you play, but also in pro day is your versatility. How important do you think that's going to be when they evaluate you? I think it's huge for me, you know, cause I feel like when I was in Miami, I showed that I could, I could drop back into coverage when, I, when I'm asked to, I can play the zero to three the five to nine. So pretty much all over the defensive line and all that stuff. So I feel like I, I'd add a lot to the team because of what I bring to the table in terms of versatility. The fact that when you played at the university of Miami and they used you as an outside edge rusher, but also brought you inside between the center and the guard. How important do you think that experience was for you and also, again, for the evaluation? I think it was awesome, you know. Like, first of all, I had a lot of fun playing in there, but also I just learned a lot about the game, you know, and, like, just the different nuances of playing inside and playing outside. Like, I realized, like, playing inside, things happen a little bit faster, so you have to be a lot quicker with your steps and quicker with your hands and, and making sure that if you're going to throw a counter move, you have to get in, get into everything pretty much a step quicker. So I feel like it was a great experience. 
there's a there's a possibility you could stay home in this deal. You know, the Dolphins have a draft choice. You played in the backyard. They like to get to the quarterback uh, from the edge. Uh, how would that be if you got drafted by the Dolphins? That'd be that'd be amazing. That'd be like a dream come true. Like to play high school in South Florida, then to play for UM, then to go to the Dolphins. That's like. You can't ride it any better than that, you know? So that would be crazy. That would be awesome. You see, I'm, I'm advocating for you because on one side, they've got that guy Van Ginkle who played at Wisconsin. We saw him in the bowl game, and he's kind of long and lanky like you, and you'd be on the other side. I mean, it, that would be that would be a tough, tough matchup. It would. That would be dope. That would be sick. <laughs> uh I, I, I did want to ask you this. Uh, almost all year long, Jalen Phillips had himself a heck of a heck of a season at the University of Miami. Is there any part of you that wishes maybe you had a chance to play with him in games and, and picked his brain a little bit because he really yeah. had an impactful season? Yeah, yeah, he had a great year, and part of me definitely wishes I did play with him and Quincy. You know, they're both awesome players, and, but are also both like really good people so like i definitely missed that part and it would have been awesome to share the field but i did i did get the um uh get a chance to know Jalen because i was there with him for about like one and a half years mm-hmm. and we played a couple practices that's in that uh 2020 spring together right uh Jalen is a guy that brings a, a lot of intensity would you would you say that's a fair evaluation oh yeah for sure he plays super fast and he just plays hard like he's not gonna stop you know yeah all right uh, do you think uh the pros of the NFL, do you think they look at you as just an edge rusher? Or do you think that perhaps if a, a team that's in a 3-4 would say, well, maybe we'll move you a little bit around, stand you up at outside linebacker? Uh, I, I mean, I feel like it really depends and it really varies. Like with whatever team I talk to, some of them see me as an outside linebacker and some of them see me as like a Clayus Campbell type player where I can move uh, like up and down the line of scrimmage and some teams see me as just an edge. So like it really just – it's really different with, with each and every team, but I feel like I can do all three. Like, anything they ask me to do, I'll do it. You know, it's interesting. I, I've heard that Calais Campbell comparison, which I think is a great comparison. But to take it one step further, if you if you match Calais Campbell on and off the field, I mean, that's that's a great role model to have. Yeah, facts. I'm always texting him, talking to him, just picking his brain. And he's, he's kind of like a mentor for me, so it's always great to talk to him and like we've all seen the success he's had uh, in the NFL. So hopefully I can follow his footsteps. What do you think about uh, we're in spring football now. Uh, some of the young guys, at the university of Miami has Jafari Harvey on one end. They brought in a couple of guys uh, at defensive end. Uh, probably, I don't know if he crossed paths with, uh, with them at all. Uh, one Chaz Williams from Jacksonville. Cam Williams was here, I think uh, from Chaminade when you played, but they've got some outside pass rushers. How do you feel about those guys? I feel like they're going to do awesome. You know, they, they were growing every single day when I was there, getting better and better. The quarantine kind of, like, slowed things down, but I feel like they're really coming into their own. Like, Jafari had that strip sack yeah. in the bowl game, so I feel like they're only going to get better, and you know? I feel like the sky's the limit for that group, and they're going to be awesome. I feel like it's like it's, it's like every year Miami has a star defensive end, so hopefully we can, we can keep that going, you know? Yeah, no question. Uh, Coach Diaz is going to handle the defense this year, uh, call the plays and all that stuff. What kind of impact do you think that will have? I think it's going to mean everything, you know, like just like being under Coach Diaz for the year, for the years I was there, like the edge that he coaches with is like, 
it's like all day long, you know, he's like, he's just on you and it really just pushes you. Like he demands greatness. So I feel like that's really going to push the defense to the next level. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great to have him back, like being hands on. I feel like that's only positive for the team. Greg Rousseau is our guest. Uh, the one thing I noticed in your pro day, uh, your body, <laughs> you got bigger, <laughs> you got more muscular. Take us through what you've been doing in your workouts. Uh, I've been doing a whole bunch of stuff from lifting, like single leg squats to, of course, like bench press and stuff. But also, I feel like a big part of it's just been like my diet. I've been super careful. I've been eating a lot of fish, a lot of like grains, brown rice, things like that. Just trying to be trying to be more healthy than I was in the past, and I feel like that goes a long way. I think maybe um, more of a statement than a question for you. Uh, maybe the one thing about not playing a year ago and and just training is it became a job, and now at the, at the NFL level, once you are drafted. This is your job. This is your career. It's every day, all day. So do you think by training for a year, that gets you into that mindset of the NFL, this is business, this is a job? Yeah, I definitely think it did. You know, like in like in college, let's say you miss a lift or something, like your coaches are going to be on your head. They're going to be mad at you. You're going to have a punishment. But like in the NFL, if you're missing workouts, it's just going to reflect on the field. So I feel like you really, you really have to take it into your own hands and you have to be responsible and you just have to be that type of person. You have to trust yourself and make sure you're always pushing yourself. Nobody's going to push you, you know? And, like, like we're a rookie. We're going to be rookies this year, like me, Jalen, Quincy. But, like, the next year, there's going to be new rookies trying to take our job. So, it's, like, it's your job to keep your job, basically. You know, you got to keep on working and stay on top of everything. So, I feel like just – I feel like I already got that mindset. But it was great to – it was great to have kind of just a taste of it and be able to just make sure I'm pushing myself the whole entire offseason for this past fall. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.